Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branville, and I'm joined by Jay Gilbert, and I almost forgot it again. And Bruce, you're going to fucking kill me. <laughs> it's sponsored by? <laughs> it's sponsored by HypeBot.com. I love HypeBot. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Um, so we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants today. We had a guest juggling at the last minute here, but, um, and, and we were we were brainstorming about what to talk about, and there's there's some Spotify news regarding playlists. But real quickly before that, there was some other Spotify news that I think is at least worth mentioning. Um, I think you should hopefully be aware of their artist um, portal on Spotify. That, Spotify that, for artists. Yes, that's been web based. That you can go in there and you get all sorts of information. Well, they now have a smartphone app for that. So go download the smartphone app for Spotify artists. It doesn't have a hundred percent identical functionality. Um, I noticed one thing that's, that's missing is you can't edit your profile. You can't edit your bio. You can't change photos, stuff like that from the mobile app, but you've got access to all of the stats, the playlists, songs, all, you know, demographic data, all of that's on there. So, Right. Um, definitely. And it's a free app, you know, yeah. free app. As long as you've got a Spotify artist account, which you better have. Yeah, you should. If you've got music on Spotify, you better get a spot. Go to Spotify for artists. Just Google it. And I think it's really important that not only you set this up, but now you can control, you know, as Mike just said, you can make sure that the image is correct. You know, the bio is correct. You can look at your demographics, you know, what other people are listening to that listen to you and maybe what their gender breakdown is. But I think one thing that's really great and it's kind of, kind of recent there is that now you can add team members um, very easily. So if I'm an artist, I can add my manager, I can add the band members, I can add Michael, I can add other people who can now go into Spotify for artists and kind of take a look at what playlists I'm being added to and, and some of that other information I just mentioned. The, the ability to edit your bio is fairly new as well because up until a few months ago, that was controlled. There really was no control. Spotify was licensing artist bios from a third-party source, TiVo or something like that. And good, and and you actually have no ability to actually even edit the material. Oh, that it's, they were I think licensing. it was Rovi. Rovi, there you go. Rovi, yeah. Rovi. Um, you had you have you had no ability to edit that data because I was trying to find a way to edit it for one of my clients, and they were like, "Well, no, we really don't have a way for you to edit it." You know, our writers determine what it is. So thankfully now, right within your artist um, portal, you can change the bio on your Spotify page. Um, one thing that I'm curious to see what will happen is, and I don't know if you caught this news, but Songkick is going bye-bye permanently. Yeah. Permanently gone, going. Um, end of this month, it will be gone. Now, Warner Brothers, I believe it was, bought a bunch of the assets. I we really don't know what will happen. Like they bought well, the tour, the tour directory, the the public facing part of Songkick is what what they bought. Right. What well, are tell they people do a little, little bit about what Songkick, <clears throat> excuse me, has has been. Songkick is sort of a bands in town type of of uh, website service. It's a tour date listing. You go in there and you submit your tour dates. 
Um, and they send these tour dates out to everybody out, th- the various people out there in the internet. You can use it to populate tour dates on your web. Very similar to bands in town. I will tell you, um, I've got no direct ties to anybody. Song Kicks feature set was lacking in comparison to uh, bands in town. But what Song Kick had that bands in town didn't have is tour dates in Spotify were populated from Song Kick. So if you want your Spotify page to list your tour dates, you had to have a Song Kick account. You had to update your tour dates there, and then they would flow into Spotify. That's right. Um, outside of that connection, I would probably have never used Song Kick, other than the fact that it's the only way to get dates into Spotify. So I'm going to be curious to see what's going to happen at that point. How? Yeah. What's the replacement? What's is is Spotify going to replace it with something else? Let you put your own tour dates in? Yeah, maybe it's through Spotify it for in, artists. Suck it in from bands in town, um, or will whatever Warner Brothers bought of the Songkick assets be rebuilt, rebranded, and continue to feed it? I don't know, but something we should all keep in mind watching that because I think it's important that you have your tour dates visible in Spotify. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a couple little things Spotify related, but the bigger story is this week an article came out on uh, Music Ally right. um, October 17th, so just two days ago. Yeah. Spotify launches new playlist pitching system for labels. Yeah, super interesting. Stuart Dredge wrote it. Um, and it's a short piece, but it's something that's been buzzing around in the industry now for, for a while, um, that Spotify was going to kind of revamp the process, you know, in which, you know, mostly major labels and major indie labels kind of pitch for slots. You know, we need to back up a little bit. And, and as, you know, our viewers and listeners already know, you know, these major distribution companies own playlisting companies, you know, whether it's, you know, Universal in Digster, Sony with Filter, and, uh, you know, 88 with Topsify and so on. Um, But there was a move uh, some time ago, and there was things that you and I talked about, like Playola, people who were trying to influence user curated playlists and it got kind of interesting there for a while so what happened was spotify in particular kind of moved those user curators aside a little bit made it a little bit more difficult for you to find them they weren't in the typical browse from the main page um but you could still find them they're there and you could go, go you, search you for just them just go through the search box and you can yeah, find all of them it just players. wasn't necessarily it wasn't in the end cap in the record store it wasn't right. right there in front of you anymore well there's been a lot of discussion lately um about a new process that um Spotify is going to implement whereby they'll make it a little bit easier for some of these playlists like the Digster, Filters, Topsifies of the World, and other kind of key user-curated playlists to kind of find their way back um, into some of the browsing uh, mechanisms within Spotify to make it a little bit easier. Well, you know, and and one thing we should also mention, we've, we've discussed this many times in the past, 
most major labels, not most, all major labels and major indies are already having weekly pitch meetings with Spotify. So the, the, the challenge which we've always brought up and a lot of people bring up is we, no, nobody's screaming, how does a major label pitch a song to Spotify? That's not the issue. The issue is how does everybody else but the major label pitch a song to Spotify to get in a playlist. So my first reaction when I saw this was like, oh, they are building some sort of portal where everybody can submit material. Yeah, not really. This, no, is, just, this is just a more formal process for major labels and indies to be able to submit to these playlists, which, right. you know, I'm sitting back here going... All right. That's still they've they've already been doing it. They've already been doing it. They already have the meetings. They already have the phone calls. They're already emailing all these people. Um, good for them. But this still does nothing for everybody else out there. I, I would only say that it might help a little bit in the fact that when you are you know, a major puts together, say, their Digster playlist. They're not just putting universal repertoire into that playlist. Yes, they may add a greater amount of universal repertoire, and they may even have them in some of the top slots, say, in the top 15 or 20 in the playlist. But if they're doing a playlist on EDM, country, rock, whatever it is, it's got to be a legit playlist. They've got to attract listeners. So they're also adding a lot of competitive um, and other um, indie artists into those playlists. I've seen it happen. So <clears throat> there is kind of that, <clears throat> excuse me, that long tail uh, effect uh, there that may help people out. <clears throat> and this also helps with a little bit of transparency because the whole thing about Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, you know, there are so many different ways in which even the majors and the major indies go about securing uh, playlist placement. I think this adds a little bit of transparency to that. So now there's kind of a set process and it doesn't vary by relationship or by distributor. I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, I don't want to write this off and just say, oh, this sucks and it has no value because it is formalizing what what hasn't been formal before and stuff like this in my mind when things start to get automated and you have some sort of online process that you can pitch it's very easy for those processes to maybe start with a narrow focus major labels indies but once they've worked out the kinks and they've developed the system Scaling something like this is very easy. You can't scale, here's the email address of the editor of the playlist. Submit it by email. That does not scale. You cannot have no. somebody's inbox filled with a thousand pitches every day. You can have an online system where you submit and you pitch, and that can scale. So the hope, my hope is that something like this is the tip of the iceberg and hopefully Spotify will yeah will scale this out because listen you know we've talked about this there 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 should be a a process for pitching your songs to even the third party 
Absolutely. You and know, Spotify's and, talked about it. Right. That you know, my playlist, your playlist, if somebody wants to uh, and and you and I are digging in and looking at systems that are out there of oh, here's all the email addresses, here's their Facebook pages. Yes, there's ways to do it, but that's not scalable, that's not manageable. Yeah. You know, can Spotify put something together that says, Jay, you've got a playlist. Would you like to opt in and be part of our pitch system? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Submit the link to your playlist. What's your genre? How many tracks are you looking for? Boom. All of a sudden, Jay, you can be getting pitches. Yeah. I, To me, that's where we need to eventually end up. And it's got to be an uh, it's got to be a total online system like this because that's the only way you can scale it to the point that there could be millions of playlists being pitched. Right. And right now you don't know what the metrics are. It was brought up at the Music Business Conference in Nashville last year. It's been a hot topic. You know what are the metrics that are used for these DSPs like Spotify to pick a song? I mean. Is it uh, having a great social footprint? You know, is it having lots of Shazams or a very robust, you know, bands in town following? You know, there's so many different metrics that they can look at. And I think it's really key to have users involved. Now, I think we all know a couple of things. One, Apple, unless you're part of the curator program, you and I can't just build a, a playlist on Apple Music and drive traffic and have this great thing like we can on Spotify today. I would love you know, to see that change. I think that um, I love Apple Music's curation. And on the Spotify side, they've kind of – the pendulum swung so far to the um, Spotify curated side that I think it's been challenging – to not only find this stuff, but label people have complained to me that playlists that were very popular that they created are now falling further and further down in the search rank. So even when you search for them, it you know it becomes a challenge. So I would love to see, for example, a feature that says you know here's this great playlist by Michael Branvold. You know, rock is not dead. It's our featured user playlist this week. You know. Um, I would also like to see more of kind of what Beats 1 is doing. I think having a DJ is so underrated. I used to love listening to um, Slacker. Um, they had these great, and they still do, but they had this great um, playlist of some of the best rock songs ever. But none of them were the rock, best rock songs ever. It was basically <laughs> one guy's opinion right. of some great unknown rock songs. And he narrated between the songs and said, look, I was in this band. We opened up for so-and-so. They played the song. Boom. There it is. I, you know, you and I grew up with these radio disc jockeys. You know, for me, it was KGON in Portland, 92 FM, you know, with Bob Anchetta and Gloria Johnson and Iris Harrison. I mean, I remember these voices. They were rock stars to me, right? So... I think that that's kind of been lost in the playlist era. I do think that Beats 1 is kind of bringing it back to a, a degree. I think that Slacker's done a good job with it. But I think there's a lot of room for that in Apple Music and in Spotify with these playlists. Sometimes it's nice to have uh, that voice. It, 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 it is, you know, not that we need yet a whole other social network. And we know that Apple has tried countless times to start a social network and failed. But I think if somebody can do it, I think Spotify is there. 
I think Spotify could become more of a social network because they've already allowed every user to create playlists. They can be collaborative playlists. What they just haven't given us are the tools to communicate between users. And and actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they actually removed the ability to message another user. It's they gone. Did, they did kind of fix, though, when you go to share your playlist on Spotify, it used to be this kind of horrible process where you had to check from this you know menu of things and it was convoluted. Now it's just a drop down. You pick either the URL or the URI or whatever it is you want. And you can just easily grab it and share it. Yep. But these things aren't integrated. And that was kind of the promise of these services that you could easily integrate them into your own socials, ECRM, website, so on. I think there's a lot of progress to be made there. there there's a ton of progress. And, and, and the point being, and I've said this so many times, um, frankly, I would love to follow your playlist more than I'd rather follow um, a curated, sponsored playlist. Exactly. You just hit it on the head. A sponsored, like a branded playlist. Like on Apple, there may be a Pitchfork playlist, and that may be a bad example. But what if there's one by Nike or there's one well, by I Walmart? Mean, I, I always gave the example when, when, when Beats first launched their streaming service, um, there was a Target playlist. I was just like, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why would I follow Target? Because I know it's only going to be nothing but music to promote Target sales. And I have zero knowledge that Target has any expertise in understanding music. No, you know it's paid placement from there. paid placement. So, but, but, but I would trust Jay Gilbert to say, here's a great playlist of 70s rock influenced by Cheap Trick. And I'd go, well, sh I know Jay. I know his music style. I will follow that. So that they they need to provide a better way for those types of playlists to bubble up to the yeah. top be easier to find because i trust your opinion more than i trust any other opinion and but 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 let, you know and i i will i will add to that i totally trust um spotify's computer curated playlists you know, the, the, Discover the, the, Weekly, the Discover Weekly, New Release the new, Radar. The, the new Release Radar. Um, what was the other one that they just they just launched one? Um, your Time Capsule. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be a continually updated every week, a new version of your Time Capsule. It's but pretty new. Has it only been a couple of weeks now? It's only now? been a couple wonder, of weeks. I wonder if it's just going to be within time. I, 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 I hope it continually updates because all the the your time capsule the the discover weekly the new release radar which are not curated by somebody sitting down and saying here's the songs i'm putting in it's it's the computer going i'm analyzing what you listen to what you look at all of your data and i'm giving you suggestions those right. algorithms are phenomenal so I tr well, I trust yeah. that a lot more than that. But again, and we and we've we've talked about this. Apple Music has some great curators. So if you find that great curator, that's awesome. But I think finding a great curator is rare. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, Apple has uh, their, you know, their playlists, uh, you know, kind of their answer to the Discover Weekly new release radar. Um, what I think um, is interesting is I, I was talking to someone um, at Spotify and they were telling me about the data and nothing proprietary, but just the fact that they can look into the data um, electronically, meaning that they can see, well, okay, this record is now a popular record, but who was in on it first? And then they kind of look and they go, oh, wow, Michael Brandvold was playing this and adding it to his playlist months before anybody else. Um, this blogger was doing that. Well, now, they, without you even knowing it, they can pull you into this algorithm. So for that genre or that artist or whatever it is, they can kind of go, here are our early adopters. And so that's one of the reasons why these algorithmically created playlists are so amazing is because it's not done by a human, but it's pulled information from humans. It, it's, it's pulled information from humans, but it's done by you. It's done by you based on your usage within the streaming service. What do you listen to? Who are you looking at? How often do you play it? What's a related artist? It's fu it's funny when when um, Discover Weekly first came out, you know, and I was raving about it. I remember somebody saying, "I went into mine and it was totally off. It had a whole bunch of kids' music and children's stuff." And I'm like, "Question: Who's who's using your computer? Are you letting your daughter also listen to her music on your Spotify account?" I go. She goes, "Yes." Yeah. I go, "There you go. Spotify thinks that's you. So right. you you've got to keep." Keep that in mind. Those play those point. those those playlists that are generated by algorithms are only as good as the data. And if and if if you the user in your play in your play activities are distorting that data, you're right. going to get crap. Right. And Amazon does that the same way. You know that your Amazon looks different than anybody else's based on your browsing habits, your buying habits. But the thing that Amazon has that's really great is let's say that my wife is using Amazon and she's buying certain music, but I'm doing mine. I can actually unclick the boxes and not have it use that in the algorithm. It gives you that choice. You know, I mean, if everybody was smart, they would just steal what Netflix does. When you you can have multiple user accounts on your Netflix account, and when you launch mm -hmm. Netflix, it just comes up and says which user is going to view. Yeah, that's like, right. I you know I've got one, my wife's got one, and my three year old daughter has one, and every one of those accounts presents different things that you would like based on your play history. So you're not contaminating because somebody else is watching everything. Unfortunately, Amazon doesn't do that. Apple doesn't do that. Spotify doesn't do that. But that would solve a lot of that problem if you were going to allow somebody else to share your account. But, yeah. you know, getting back to the whole initial discussion here, you know, it's encouraging to see the playlist submission becoming a little more formal. It's discouraging that it's becoming more formal for people who are already have the connections to do it but the hope is in my eyes that you know six months a year from now it'll roll out a little more because you know back to our very early initial discussion the the artist 
um, portal page on Spotify has evolved quite a bit since it was very first launched. And they've been active in making that something extremely useful and functional, adding new features all the time. So you almost hope that at some point something in that portal becomes a playlist submission tab. Yeah. It's got to become, but you know, this has been around for a week and a half. I mean, right. all of this is so a new. Week, week and a half. It was announced two days ago from the recording. Yeah. Of this recording, so, so. so this stuff is so new and evolving, you know, so, you know, as Rachel Maddow says, watch this space because it really is changing. I do want to throw in a, a, some props for Apple Music. They're their kind of answer to you know discover weekly new release radar those types of things they have a you know a thing called favorites mix and it has been really really good at again finding what i like to listen to based on what i listen to especially they have this playlist called um new new music mix um and again it's same kind of thing as you know discover weekly but I'm not sure exactly if it's – they typically, I think, use more humans than, than most. Not that that's a good or bad thing, um, but they nail it. They're very good, and I think Apple Music, Spotify, even Pandora. I think a lot of people forget about Pandora, and Pandora is, is really good at seeing what you're listening to and giving you other things that you might like. Um, if you play with it a little bit. And of course, they're trying to become a streaming service, not unlike Apple Music or Spotify, where you pay a subscription and it's more um, less passive and more of you choosing what you listen to and creating your own playlists and having them curate for you. You know, So they're kind of changing their business model. And I think people kind of forget about them sometimes because they think of them as internet radio. But they've got a ton of users, like over 100 million. It's ridiculous. So I would definitely watch them. I also think Amazon, you know, they're, they're very smart. Um, they're growing right now. Um, according to people who watch this data, they're actually growing faster than any other music service right now. And it's mostly because of the Echo. I was just going to say I would watch what happens with the um – echo slash alexa device and where it shows up and how it's how i mean i just shared with you earlier this week garmin released basically a mini dot version that you stick to the windshield like of in your, your car. car yeah and and you know we've talked about this constantly that you know in your vehicle it's all it's got to be all about voice control it's gotta be. and and because apple has shut Alexa and everybody else out if you don't use Siri and you can't use Siri to control Amazon Music and all this other stuff. How do I control my Amazon Music? Well, now all of a sudden I can put this $180 device in my dashboard. It uses my cell phone um, internet connection and now you're just talking to this little Garmin device and it's it's a full-on Echo in your yeah. car now unfortunately my, my fear, oh, it doesn't work with spotify yet right it only right. works with amazon music they say yet so i assume i, it's I a, think the key word there is yet it's but it's i also process. think that you know as well as i do at some point this is going to be integrated into your 
car. Oh, no. You know, it's, it's kind of like GPS. You know, Garmin was so far ahead of, you know, a lot of other folks when it came to GPS. And it, it was a big blow to them when it now GPS is like on every portable device and it's everywhere and it's turn by turn. I think with, with this device, which I think I love it. I think it's, you know, when I'm driving, I don't want to have to wait until a stoplight or to pull over to grab my device. I want to just say, you know, play this. And you can do that, to your point, with Siri and Apple Music, but I don't use um, Siri and Apple Music all the time. And there are a lot of people that use Pandora, Spotify, Amazon. So I really believe that this is going to be integrated and maybe it'll be bmw or ford or one of those early adopter kind of companies to kind of integrate that voice control into your dashboard so when you're driving away you just say hey listen to spotify play 80s music or play this playlist and boom it doesn't matter what platform you're on well and the the other cool thing about it is it's it's full it's like having the the echo device in your home so you can be driving up your street and you can say uh, Alexa, turn on the house lights while you're on the street and <laughs> and order and order dog food. It just and, kicked on, it, didn't it? Yeah, mine mine here turned on. So you know you you can control your house lights. You can turn on your TV. You can anything you can do with your device at home. You now can do in your car. You can make calls. Yeah. You can do all of the phone you calls. You can send a message. So it, you, it, can, it's, you can add to a to-do list. You can check the weather. You can play skill, all of the various yeah. skills that are available. So, but keep in mind, every one of those devices is tied into Amazon Music. So it's just another, another point of Amazon Music now becoming available where it wasn't before. Yeah. Some people are weirded out by uh, something that listens. I'm not. I have no problem with it. But some people, you know, you read stories about how they're trying to get a, uh, a court, you know, warrant to get information because these things listen all the time. You know, and it's not like they're recording and putting on some tape everything that you say and do, but it is listening to your voice and things that you say. And it's also logging, you know, everything that you do on, let's say, the Echo. If you look at your app, it says, you know, hey, what you did. at this, this what time, you, yeah. you said, tell me a dirty joke or, you know, what's the weather? It, it lists all of that stuff, too. You There's know, something what, to think about. What, 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 what's interesting is, you know, my, my four-year-old daughter has grown up with this device. Not using it, but being in the house as we use it. Seeing us talking and saying these phrases that now, in the last couple months... She wants to so bad be able to control it. But one thing I've noticed is a four-year-old speech patterns are not easy for the Echo to understand. But she's walking up to it, computer, lights on, lights on, lights on. You know, so I sit there and, you know, I sit back and I go, that is the future here yeah this four-year-old who wants she to never knew a world of, without it she's not know a world without voice control she does not know a world without ipads without internet access she wants it all the time and that's that's interesting to watch how all of this is going to develop and 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 mature 
But as yeah. you as you were just saying, all this playlist stuff is a week so, old. Yeah. So let's give yeah. let's give it a chance. But it's it's encouraging to see that this is being acknowledged. Um, you know, I think Apple, it's a step in the right direction. Apple doesn't have a portal. Apple doesn't have a portal like Spotify artists. Apple doesn't have a, a means to submit stuff. So this is it's encouraging to see Spotify making these efforts. We may not like them, but let's give them credit for the effort and that hopefully it continues to evolve. Yeah, watch the space. Yep, there you go. So head over to HypeBot.com. Get all your news over there. We got Bruce coming on. I think Bruce is joining us next week. Bruce will be joining us. I don't know what we'll talk about. We'll get an update of the state of things. Yeah, Bruce always a good Hypebot. discussion with Bruce. Yep. All right, that's it, everybody. Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we're out of here.